Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show. And we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. As you guys know, we currently find ourselves in the in the midst of the, you know, the AAU era where this current NBA is all about buddy, buddy, give me a hug. I'm going to hug you. We're going to go play over there. We're going to go play over there. We're going to take a selfie and we're going to have a good old time. That's what the NBA has turned into. And a lot of people, especially people from previous generations, have been questioning some of the competitive fervor that exists within the NBA. Um, some people like, uh, I just recently heard something via tour off of sports. He brought it up. I didn't hear the clip, but he was discussing it where he said he was, he was responding to some comments that Dirk Nowitzki made where Dirk said, now players today play for money. Uh, they don't play for the love of the game. They're just playing for money. Right. And the NBA has turned into, in some, to some extent, one big, uh, pageant where guys are peacocking and showing off is more about the brand. Uh, more about the flash, less about the substance, right? Not really about winning, not really about team-oriented things. And there are some people that are buying into it. Now, what do we mean by the aau vacation of the NBA? Well, well, over the last 15 years or so, you've noticed a lot of stars kind of buddy-buddying up, um, you know, joining each other's teams, hanging out in the offseason, becoming friends, and all of those different things. Um, and in the past, it just wasn't something that players in the past used to do. Right. It was just it was frowned upon because players in the past was, were, were, were more transfixed on beating one another than really becoming friends with one another. And if you're trying to beat someone, I don't see how spending time around them, befriending them is going to help you do that unless you're 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 like more like a snake. You're around them to kind of study their weaknesses and things like this to take advantage of them uh, when the moment uh, arises. So so why am I bringing this up? Well, as you guys know, media, they kicked off yesterday. Uh, and a bunch of players were saying a bunch of things. LeBron said his thing. AD said his thing. Uh, who else was talking? Damian Lillard was talking yesterday. But one of the players that seems to get under the skin of some of the cupcake era guys uh, is Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo seems to be the odd man out. What do I mean by this? Because Giannis has, uh, he has a totally different background from the prototypical NBA player. Uh, as you guys know, Giannis wasn't born in the States. He has a very unique background. He's Nigerian via the way of Greece. So he has a different kind of flavor to him. He's not the only one. Nikola Jokic has his own flavor. Luka Doncic has his own flavor. Uh, Joel Embiid has his own flavor. And you, as you guys know, the NBA is becoming more of a global game, right? So there's a, you know, the NBA is a part of culture in the United States. You know, basketball is a part of culture. But when you now have other cultures coming into this culture, it makes the pot uh, more diverse. Some people love it. Some people hate it, right? One of the reasons why you've seen a lot of people uh, players past and present 
take shots at guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo. They can't do it. They can't do it Nikola Jokic, although they tried to disrespect him. Uh, they couldn't pull it off. They tried to disrespect him at the All Star game when when he was one of the last selections uh, to make it into the game. Meanwhile, he was arguably better than everybody else on that stage. But I digress. So anyway, what happened? It was media day, and uh, they were discussing a bunch of things. And then they, uh, I think it was Chris Haynes was talking to Giannis Antetokounmpo. And as he was talking to him yesterday, he asked Giannis to kind of elaborate on his feelings about, you know, buddy buddying up with guys, playing with guys, training with guys. Uh, And when it came time for Giannis to talk, he absolutely did not hold back. And he roasted the cupcake era cats all the way to the end of the all the way to the end of the audio. So what we want to do is we want to play exactly what Giannis had to say here. Uh, and then we're going to come back and react to his comments. Take a listen to what Giannis had to say there. Giannis, you had a golden quote that's making the rounds already that you said at the press conference. You, you said, um, I'm paraphrasing, but you said, <laughs> how'd you say it? It's good to make some money. No, no, no. <laughs> no go ahead. I didn't even know I said that. I, I really don't know. You know, because you guys got me too early, I just worked out. Okay. You knew what's coming, y'all. You knew yeah. the question was coming. No, I, you did, huh? I, no, I, it's not that I knew the question was coming. First of all, I, we talking about his, his potential extension, by the yeah, way. But yeah. go ahead. I don't. I said it. In a, I said um, money is not important. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of. <laughs> <money do. laughs> I want to ask you before you get out here, y'all. I want to ask you, how come you don't? work out with other guys you see other players working out with other guys they're clicking up to you know it's just always like a big buddy thing you've strayed away from that it's kind of the old school mentality why, why have you taken on your career like that so i think it's a very long answer uh one go ahead we got time y'all. Go ahead. I, I i i cannot fake it hmm. I, I i cannot i cannot fake it hmm. uh, and um how, how, how can we work out together? You know, when we are we are in the same we're in the same league and we we going against one another. You know, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to create something for my family. Yeah. You try to create something for your family. You know, you, you, you know what I'm saying like I'm trying to. The reason I'm not winning a championship, it's you. Yeah. The reason I'm working out every single day to win a championship, and you you get you get on that you know. In my path, in my way, uh-huh. you know how can how the hell will I you know work out with mm-hmm. with you? But at the end of the day, as I said, like I I wear I wear my heart on my sleeve, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. You know I don't know how to be fake. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I, I cannot do this, and I feel like the moment I you know I I work out with players, then then you have to you know kind of maybe hang out with them later. <laughs> then when you play them. You know, you, 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 you have to talk before the game with them. And then uh, after the game, you have to sit down and have another conversation with them. And then when you go to the family room, you see them again, you got to talk to them. And then when you see them in the post, you want to put your shoulder into their chest. You cannot do it because they might take something after the game. Come on, guys, what you doing? I'm like, I can't play the game like that. I do not work out with people that play in the NBA right now. That's what I... You know, so that is the two different things. If you if you if you're not in the NBA, I have no problem working out with you. You know, if you're in the NBA and I'm gonna see you in the season, and as as I said, when I get to, get to the city, I have to text you to hang out to come to dinner. And after dinner, I don't know what it might be. And then the next day, I have to see you before the pregame, and then I have to see you after the game, and then we have to. 
Well, I'm not. That's a lot. Yeah. Man, I'm not. I don't even do that with my my wife. Man. I don't even take my wife to dates. I'm not gonna take you on a date. What? No. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, especially if you do that every other night. Yeah, that's no. A lot. Hey, you got me motivated and pumped up to kill this season in my profession right there. So thank you for that little pep talk right there. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Hey, that's Giannis out of the Cooper, Milwaukee Bucks, two-time you, MVP. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. So you heard what Giannis Antetokounmpo had to say. Before I even get into my thoughts, after I saw that video, I actually posted it on the community section about 12 hours ago. And the post read, the cupcake era people won't like this. And it's a picture of Giannis. Now, um, some people responded to it, right? Some of our viewers responded to it. Um, one person said, working out, I'm not going to read this entire thing. Working out together didn't stop LeBron from winning rings. And guess what? When he was working out, I, and I guess also scouting Kawhi, it didn't stop him from winning rings as well. Uh, I don't know how Kawhi got in this. Didn't stop MJ when he lined up all those Space Jam casts to play a pickup. Never stopped Magic or any of the great uh, greats simply playing pickup. Giannis is an American, so he sees it differently, but it doesn't stop other Americans from winning MVPs, titles, and chips. One person said that. Um, another person said, I understand what he is saying. Jordan didn't work out with his opponents. He used strategy to see how hard they work to get him to, to go at him after he softened their behinds up. Kobe was literally the only one that got anything from Jordan. Jordan didn't work out with players. He balled in the offseason with some, but we all do that. Giannis mentally is, I don't want to let up on anybody. Usually that's what happens when you ball. You tend to take it easy because you created a bond. Uh, with people. So uh, various people said uh, different things and I appreciate their, their thoughts because, you know, it keeps the engagement going on the channel and makes it a vibrant place to discuss sports. Here are my thoughts on this. The first person kind of alluded to it, right? Uh, about Giannis not being American. Listen, here's what it comes down to. As somebody that was born and raised in the States and, and, you know, funny enough, We've had some viewers, funny, we've had some viewers on this channel that don't know me from nowhere, from a hole in the wall, all right? Don't know me from nowhere. If I didn't tell them, if I didn't tell them my name, they wouldn't know me. They don't know nothing about me. Anything they know about me is stuff that I've told them. And people will tell me, well, because of your background and you're not American and all that. I'm like, bro, last time I checked, were you an immigration, immigration officer? How do you know all of this? Are you, are, you, are you the FBI? Are you working with Vlad? How do you know all of these things about me? People make various assumptions to kind of couch their their real feelings right they want to make it well he's not this he's not that it's a bunch of nonsense the fact of the matter is this growing up in high school we all know this we know we got the cool kids right girls and boys and they all they got these little clicks it happens all over the world it's not, it's not an american thing clicks are not an american thing it's a thing that people do right and then you had some people that were like yeah i got my little crew over here but i'm good on my own. I'm, I'm good on my, I'm, I'm 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 good on my own too I don't need to feel like I'm live by being around these dudes to feel the way I am. Some dudes are just who they are, dolo. By themselves, they don't need 20 cats around them to feel like they somebody. There's some people like, yo, if I'm with these dudes right now, these are my people, but I'm still me with or without them. I don't need them to feel like, oh, I'm somebody. There are people like that. And there's some people that always got to be in a group. Now, here's why I'm going to flame you dudes and show you and show you that these dudes is a bunch of suckers. They try to use the example of Giannis is not an American. But I've heard Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, who is American. 
say that he didn't understand why the hell you would be training with somebody in the offseason. That's what Kobe said. He said, why the hell would I be training with you in the offseason? Why would I work out with you? Why would I waste time around you when I can do things on my own and focus on myself? So help me understand if, 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 it's, if, it's, if it's because Giannis is not an American and Kobe Bryant is, what's your point now? These dudes are just saying anything because when Giannis said that, it hurt their soul. It hurt their soul. Giannis is a throwback. Giannis is a throwback. He's not one of these new cats up here twerking it up, dancing all over the stage, shaking it up for you guys. Giannis is like, yo, you know what? I'm a barbarian. I'm going to be in Milwaukee. You dudes can be chasing the beach. You dudes can be chasing the cameras. You dudes can be chasing the IG models. I'm going to get it out the mud in Milwaukee where I'm at. Y'all talking about big markets. Y'all talking about this. Y'all talking about that. I'm talking about getting it in the mud right where I am. And whoever's here with me, we're going to do it together. Whatever fan base we got, we, 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 whatever fan base we're cultivating here, those are my people. I don't need to feel like I'm live to go to LA or go to New York or go to Miami. I don't need to feel that. That bothers some of these cats because a lot of these cats are also playing for the location. They're also playing for the market. Giannis is like, I'm already getting my bread anyway. And the real no, if you really about your business, it doesn't matter where you are. LeBron James was making his money while he was living in Cleveland. Cut it out. Stop with the nonsense of, oh, he needs to be in a big market. What exactly is happening that he needs to physically be there that he cannot do in Milwaukee or that you couldn't do in Seattle? Have you ever heard of Zoom? Have you ever heard of FaceTime? How, may, how long does it take to conduct the meeting? You can go over there, have your meeting, and go back to where you are. So most of these people are looking, look, are just making up excuses. The fact of the matter is, Giannis is a throwback. The fact of the matter is, a lot of people love that about him. That he's not about the glitz, he's not about the glam and showing you how much bread he got and flashing his bust down, rolling. He, he, he's not about that. Giannis seems to be a guy that's more about the substance. And whoever felt like he was taking a shot at them, then that means he was talking to you because there must be some truth to it. But the whole thing of, oh, it's because he's not an American, you sound stupid. Because you can, you can literally pull up audio of Kobe Bryant saying the exact same thing. So he is an American. So what's your point? Oh, let me guess. Now the immigration officers in the chat are going to be like, well, Kobe, Kobe didn't grow up in America, so therefore y'all are clowns. Y'all are straight up and down clowns, man. Y'all are now clowns. Y'all are making this thing about whether or not he's... And first of all, why are you discussing this in sports? What's wrong with you dudes? Why are you bringing this type of energy into sports about drawing lines and, and, and siphoning off people? These guys are over Y'all are clowns. Straight up and down clowns. Total clowns. Trying to make it about something else. About nationalism and who's from here and who's from there. Y'all are bozos. All of you guys doing that. All of you guys doing that are bozos. The fact of the matter is I've heard guys talking about, well, Giannis used to train with this person. He's training with his brother. So help me figure it out. If Giannis needs to train with these dudes, why can't these dudes stop him? Do you realize Giannis is better than all of those dudes that train with each other? Do you realize this? Kawhi Leonard, you think Kawhi Leonard be training with all of these NBA players? Once in a while he does it. Kawhi Leonard usually trains with his teammates. Yeah, if he's somewhere and they're there, yeah, I'm going to play with you. I'm not going to walk out the arena. But Kawhi Leonard moves dolo. Nikola Jokic probably moves Dolo if he trained in his country by himself. Giannis moved Dolo. Kobe moved Dolo. Like, come on. Like, cut it out. 
So the only dudes that are going to feel a type of way about it are the dudes that are like part of those high school cliques, which I can't stand. Which I cannot stand. These dudes cannot stand on their own too. They always got to be around somebody to feel like they somebody. I hate dudes like that. I hate them. Because they never have any power. They're only powerful when they're around people. When they're by themselves, they're usually cornballs. Usually, they don't know how to act. They don't know how to talk. They be all looking funny style. Like, Yo, what's that? I hate dudes like this. I know them. I went to school with them. Like, so to me, I think Giannis is telling it like it is. And if you bother, that means he's talking to you. But cut it out with the stupid nonsense of, oh, he's not American and I'm American. And what? Well, you don't know Giannis. You don't know these people you're talking about. Stop with the, because y'all are now opening the door to get into some type of bigotry stuff. I cut it out with it. Y'all are, y'all are weird with this now. Stop it with that. Y'all are taking it to a whole different direction and y'all looking like Bozo's doing it. So these are my thoughts. Whoever's offended, it is what it is, but I'm gonna just call it out because I notice a lot of these guys trying to take it in that direction. Like cut it out. Enough is enough with it. Enough is enough. Just hold up your hand and say, listen, I hate people from other countries and we'll know who you are. Put it, put, put it on your picture so we know who you are. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. But anyway, um, Kawhi Leonard, who unfortunately got injured last year, um, what is it, in the playoffs after game one. He was balling in the in the, in the NBA playoffs. Uh, he was having a sensational uh, game and then he played the second game and then they found out uh, he you know he was not going to be playing so he got injured right we know we know this and Kawhi Leonard has had a history uh, of injuries unfortunately so what happened this off season this off season the NBA in- introduced a new load management policy if you guys don't remember you can go and hunt it down I'm not going to go through all of the different aspects of it because I don't remember all of them. I we, we produced a show around it before, but I don't remember every single aspect about it. But anyway, essentially what they did was they came up with a new uh, policy that penalizes player uh, teams that sit players uh, on national televised games. You can now no, you can no longer sit two stars that are healthy, meaning not injured, on nationally televised games. At least one of them has to play. Uh, and if you do that, you're going to be fined. And they've come up with different systems where I think you can find half a million or like 250,000, half a million, a million. And then all of, all of those different things as a way to combat uh, low management. Even Commissioner Adam Silver's, uh, what is it, discussed the importance of this a few weeks ago. And as a matter of fact, uh, what we want to do is we want to quickly play um, the reasoning behind the NBA and the league and really why the owners even signed on, on signed on. Uh, to it, we want to play a little bit what uh, play a little bit of what Adam Silver's had to say about the rationale behind this new policy, and then we want to come back and c- continue on with the show. So take a listen to that. There, it's a shared view by everyone in the league. It's not just coming from the league office. I think whether it's our teams, our players' association, individual players, I think there's an acknowledgement across the league that we need to return to that principle that this is an 82-game league, and that, of course, doesn't mean that we're turning the clock back, that players are expected to play through injuries, or that players, frankly, never need rest. But I think it's there's a statement of a principle that if you're a healthy player in this league, that the expectation is that you're going to play. In terms of how long we've been working on it, I'd say with a, with a more serious focus, roughly in the last year, it became part of, part of collective bargaining. I should say it's 
the, the player participation policy is part of many steps we've taken, whether it's in the bargaining agreement itself, the 65-game um, uh, limit for eligibility uh, for awards, creating different incentives for players, you know, like the play-in tournament, for example, like the in-season tournament to, to focus attention on the regular season. I, it, but the policy itself, I think it was the Players Association um, was very much part of it. Um, we had extensive discussions with them and then with individual groups of players, particularly veterans in the league, um, about um, how they thought we should be approaching it. And I, the last part of your question, yes, I, I do worry about infringing on how a team operates. And while we want to have, state a strong principle, I would say, at least initially, we're taking a somewhat light touch here. I think in, in, under the notion that change will probably happen here incrementally. I think we'll state this principle, see how teams react, and see if more needs to be done. But I, th I think most importantly, there's a sense from all the different constituent groups in the league that this is ultimately about the fans and that we've taken this too far. I mean, this is an acknowledgement that it's gotten away from us a bit. Honestly, that's what I had been told as well, that it was the science. And I think it may be why the league um, didn't become involved maybe as deeply as we should have earlier on. And part of the discussion today was about the science. And frankly, the science is inconclusive. I think if there, and I've said this before, if the science were clearer that players should be resting, we would be favoring it, and frankly, I'd be delivering the message to the fans even that you want these players to rest at certain times because that's going to keep them healthier and performing at a higher level and ensuring that they're on the floor at critical parts times in the season. What we talked about today is that the, the correlation, putting aside causation, isn't there even with players who participate in summer competitions like World Cups and Olympics. They are not more likely to get injured in that season. We don't see any statistical data suggesting that players um, increase their likelihood of getting injured as they go further along in the season or even in back-to-backs, which may surprise people. Part of the commitment here for, from the league office is we are putting together a group of team doctors and scientists and others and trying to better understand it. One thing I want to make clear, that the message to our teams and players is not that rest is never appropriate. And I realize there's a bit of an art to this, not just the science, and that's with the hands-on trainers and coaches who are talking to players and saying, how do you feel? I'm certainly not saying that's not relevant. I think, at least in the first instance, in terms of this policy, we're trying to deal with some of the most egregious examples where multiple star players, for example, healthy, healthy, all out on the same night, healthy, healthy. And I think that's, we're letting down the fans, we're letting down our partners by doing that. But at the same time, we're stating a principle in terms of an 82-game league and saying, let's all work together. And I think that's, that was, I, th I thought, uh, the best news coming out of, of this policy, whether it was with the Players Association, individual players, or with our teams over the last two days, everyone is acknowledging this is an issue. So you heard what the commissioner had to say. And at the time, when that news dropped, we produced some shows around it. And on some of the thumbnails on the topics uh, pertaining to this particular, um, on the shows pertaining to this particular topic, we had Kawhi Leonard in the thumbnail. 
right? And I used him, but not only him, but I used him as an example. I also used the Clippers uh, organization as an example. But a lot of people, when this policy came out, felt like it was targeted towards players like Kawhi Leonard. If you look at other channels like ESPN, they usually had Kawhi Leonard's thumbnail on the image. So when people start thinking of low management, one of the players that comes to mind is Kawhi Leonard. However, uh, it's not just Kawhi. It's also, it's, it's, it's a league-wide philosophy. And it's something that a lot of these teams are propagating, these NBA teams, right? Clippers, for example, are one of those teams where the last season they were, uh, what is it, infamous for resting players when they were totally healthy and costing themselves ball games. And they ended up doing this all the way to the point where they found themselves in an absolute mess that they were trying to get out of because they were trying to ensure that they don't end up in the play-in tournament, right? So the Clippers and other teams uh, uh, do this as well. So what happened? Yesterday uh, was media day. And various players were coming back. And then I came across a, a clip from the Clippers YouTube channel that was featuring um, Kawhi Leonard for Media Day, uh, speaking to media day, uh, speaking to the media. And he was talking, he was talking about his health and various things. But then it got to a particular point uh, in the press conference where they asked Kawhi about this new policy. And to my surprise, Kawhi Leonard, you could see, visibly got irritated. Um, and basically called out the NBA for trying to make him the face of load management because his rationale was whenever you saw me not playing was because I was unable to play. So what we want to do is want to play exactly uh, what Kawhi Leonard had to say in terms of his comments that were directed towards the NBA. And then we're going to come back and give you guys our thoughts. So take a listen to what Kawhi Leonard had to say here. Hi, good morning, Kawhi. Kelly Johnson with Fox 11. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts on the new uh, NBA player participation policy. Um, what are they? <laughs> just, you know, I know that you've gotten a lot of flat for, you know, load management and just, you know, only resting certain players, you know, in certain situations. So uh, just would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I just don't know the policy. Like, um, what is the policy? Though? Just okay. I'm going to ask you a different question, if that's okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Cool. No, it's totally okay. Um, just would love to know how you're feeling if you did anything differently in the off season that maybe you hadn't tried in previous off seasons. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, you try different stuff every year. I mean, every every year is a new journey. So every day, so. Um, you do new things, but you gotta, you know, just keep keep going. Uh, there's nothing new that happens. Uh, you're either gonna get hurt, or you're just gonna be lucky enough to, you know, play games throughout the playoffs or the whole regular season. So, um, with that being said, if if you're not injured, people play basketball. So nobody isn't just trying to get to a certain amount of games or. Uh, well, at least me. I'm not trying to get to a certain amount of games. I'm trying to play the games that I could play. And if I'm hurt, I can't play basketball. So the last two years been unfortunately for me. Uh, I got hurt, tore my ACL. Then at the end of the year, tore my meniscus. And I mean, I just, it's basketball. <laughs> I'm a two-way player. Um, play hard, so the injuries are going to come up. I'm not out there just walking around. I play both ends of the floor. I see the best players on both ends every night. Either I'm guarding the best player or the best players guarding me. So whatever happens with that, that happens. Yeah, if the injury comes, that's what happens. I mean, yeah. 
Thank you. Beth? Um, Kawhi, in regards to the league policy, I think uh, the gist of it is that they want their top 50 stars out on the floor every night if possible. And given that, I'm just wondering if you feel an obligation to play every game. No. I mean, I'm not a guy that's sitting down because I'm um, doing a load management. Like, low, my, when I was with the Raptors, it was different. Like, I was coming from an injury. And you have to know the details of a doctor. Um, but if the league is seeing or trying to mock what I did with the Raptors, then they sh should stop because I was injured during that whole year. Um, but other than that, if I'm able to play, I play basketball. Um, you know, I work out every day in the summertime to play the game, not to sit and watch people play. Um, no. So no league policy is helping me to play more games. Um, if USA Basketball asks you, would you play in the Paris Olympics? Uh, yeah, I wanted to play this summer, but I had other obligations, and I, but I had to leave early, so I wasn't able to go. So we'll see what happens. So you heard what Kawhi Leonard um, had to say there. I have a lot of thoughts about this, a lot of thoughts. As you guys know, Kawhi is a very reserved person. To the best of my knowledge, he's not even on social media. He rarely talks. Um, and when he talks, it's usually like uh, some meme or some clip of him saying something that where he's being un unintentionally funny. Right? You'll say something that he wasn't meaning to be funny and it ends up being funny. Right? If you go look up Kawhi Leonard, it's either him laughing or something like that. Right? But Kawhi is a very quiet person. And I've said that it's always good to be yourself. Right, It's always good to be yourself. However, I think that when you have players, for example, like Kawhi Leonard, that are quiet to a fault, meaning they don't speak up to even defend themselves, then what happens is others now speak for you. And instead of you writing your own narrative, you have other people doing it for you. In the case of Kawhi, if you just sat back and listened to his own explanation and his own rationale, I think it would have worked wonders for Kawhi's reputation as it pertains to this particular load management issue. If in the past, Kawhi Leonard was more vocal about the situation. When he talks to the press, like, listen, they want me to load manage. I don't want to. I would love to be out there to play. You know, most times you guys don't see me play. Here's the reason why. But whenever, we, whenever you're quiet about these things, it opens up the door for people to speculate and for people to start forming their own opinions. And that's the problem. You can't be upset with people coming to their own conclusions when you yourself don't say anything. It's kind of a naive way to look at things because people are going to inevitably come to their own conclusions. They're going to feel what they feel about a particular subject, especially when you're not speaking up to defend yourself. Now, I'm not saying Kawhi Leonard should open up a Twitter account and respond to every single thing that's said about him. But this is a particular thing that has been following him for the last few years. I'm not saying to be tweeting about it every single time. But whenever you have a chance to speak to the media. And if it's something that's bothering you, say it. Because if you don't, fans are going to start forming an opinion. And what are you going to do? How, how are fans supposed to get the inside scoop when they're not there with you? When they're, they're not there with you? Are fans able to come into the Clippers organization and go to the practice facility to see you practice? No, they don't. They can't. 
So they're just going to assume when they see you sitting on the bench and they look at the injury report and they're like, well, he's not injured. They're going to think this guy's low managing. They don't know all of those things that are, invo- that are involved. Now, he brought up his year in Toronto. Remember the year prior, he had only played like, he played less than 10 games that season. So he was nursing an injury and we understood that. But let's just be honest about it. The Clippers are known for resting players when they're 100% healthy. They are known for doing it. Like, 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 let's keep it real. Most of the times the Clippers are resting players, there's nothing wrong with them. I've heard various show, uh, uh, read various articles and various people talk about there's some kind of type of computer or some algorithm that tells them, okay, player's body is here and it may be too much load here. So we're going to rest them here when there's nothing wrong with them. But based on what we're projecting and this machine is saying, but, but I, I've heard this. But the fact of the matter is these guys are not injured. They're saying, well, as a preventative measure, we don't want to put too much load on their body. Well, do the fans know this? Are the Clippers coming out at the end of every game and saying, okay, so this is the reason why you didn't see Kawhi Leonard play. This is the reason why you didn't see Paul George play. Here's a rational. They're going to tell you any of that. They're going to leave it to the fans to speculate in immediate large. And people are going to come to their own conclusions. Whether if it's right or wrong, it's irrelevant. Because if you don't give people information, people are now going to start speculating. So for him to be upset, Kawhi played a role in not speaking up. He's playing a role in it. Because you're being silent about it. And you can't be like, well, you know, I know the truth, so I'm not going to say it. That doesn't work. Because people will lie. People will say things about you. And if you don't address it, they'll continue to do it until it becomes the truth. What do they say? A lie that goes unchecked becomes the truth. So I understand his frustration. But at the same time, man, you could have been more vocal about this. People don't know what you're doing unless you tell them. You're a very private person. So how are people going to understand what's really going on in the back? How are they going to know this? They won't know. I won't know. How, How are we supposed to know? All they're going to know is that they see you sitting on the bench and you look like you can play. And it's going to cause even more frustration. This is why I said speak. This is why it is important to speak. Now, some of the people may be saying, some of the players may be saying to themselves, well, I don't want to put out a message that's that's conflicting with the message that the organization is putting. Yeah, but the organization is not the one taking the hit. It's me. It's you. You're the one. You're you're the name. Do you see the Clippers logo whenever they, whenever they talk about it? They put the player's face. Speak to the organization. Like, listen, if you guys don't say, say anything, you guys are not going to be out here tarnishing my reputation to the public and they thinking it's me. When it's you telling me that I cannot play. So I understand it's frustration, but at the same time, man, speak, say something. If it's me, I'm saying something. If it's me, I'm saying like, listen, it's not me. It's these guys. And tell them, if you guys are going to be doing this, please stand in front of it. Don't leave me out here for people to think that it's me when it's really you. So these are my thoughts, and that's one of the reasons why the NBA is cracking down on it. Because even the NBA is like, enough is enough with it. Enough is enough with it. I understand Kawhi's position, but let's be for real. The Clippers are 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 synonymous with low management. They are. They're not the only team, but they're one of them. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. I'm not going to waste too much time uh, talking about LeBron and stuff uh, this season because it's not something I'm really interested in. Uh, we produced we produced a video about him recently. It was just about him. Video barely got uh, even 10,000 views, so I'm not interested in uh, wasting my time losing money over 
talking about LeBron. But anyway, there was something that uh, I came across that annoyed me uh, a little bit uh, that I wanted to cover today. So we had actually finished wrapping up the, the, today's shows. We weren't planning on shooting more than two shows today. Then I came across an article on fadeawayworld.net that was essentially kind of recapping some of the things that Stephen A. Smith said on the Joe Rogan, not Joe Rogan, Joe Button podcast. You guys know recently he went there, he made some comments that stirred up a lot of conversation around um, his relationship with his former co-host and Max Kellerman. But during that entire sit down, there was a part where they were where where they started to debate um, Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Now, to me, I think uh, LeBron is one of the f- five greatest players of all time. Um, I think that. I think, though, however, that when we're looking at the greatest player in terms of the greatest player in, in NBA history, I think that you have to be in such an elite classroom that whenever someone says you're the greatest ever it's unquestionable and i find i find it difficult to name any player the greatest player player ever when they have a lot of holes in their resume if we have to start making one concession after the other it means you don't deserve to be the goat and to me the person with the least amount of concessions usually should be the person that should be ranked the highest um, but nevertheless, this is something, this is a habit, a chronic issue, uh, that I've noticed some people, um, noticed some people doing now, I believe Stephen A. Smith has been a LeBron James fan, uh, for the longest time on cold pizza and undisputed back uh, undisputed ESPN first take back. Then he always used to be the person, uh, defending LeBron against Skibela. So he's always taken this position historically. So it's not like as if he's, he's he's like saying something new. He's always felt this way. However, uh, what I don't like is some of the arguments that he makes to put LeBron next to Jordan, because I believe it's un- not only unfair to Jordan, because I believe that you're diminishing Jordan's brand by doing that. But it's a slap in the face to some of the other greatest players of all time who have arguably better resumes than him. And that's the issue. Uh, that I'm having. So during this sit down, Joe Button brought up this argument. Now, Joe Button admitted in this conversation that he was trying to be a contrarian, right? So he's going to argue a stupid point just for the sake of arguing it. That's a contrarian. Uh, So he was trying to do that. With that being said, he was now trying to make an argument for why he believes uh, LeBron should be better than Jordan. But the problem was the arguments weren't any good. Now, what annoyed me was that as I was listening to Stephen A. Smith, he then started to come up with excuses uh, and basically tried to explain away LeBron's losses and make it seem as if they don't matter. And that was my issue. So what we want to do is want to play a little bit of what Stephen A. Smith had to say for specifically this particular part. uh, And then we're going to come back and give you guys our thoughts. Take a listen to what Stephen A. Smith had to say here. LeBron has gotten there in Joe. years where he was never supposed to get there. And I hear you talk about his final losses, his finals losses often. But I think that matters, number one. I, I, don't, the- I don't blame him for losing the first one to San Antonio. That wasn't his fault. It's a miracle he got yeah, to the finals. He made me get mad respect for that. And the last time they lost to San Antonio, I don't blame him for that because D-Wade was hurt. 
and you needed D-Wade, and D-Wade's knees were shot. I don't blame LeBron for that. So those are two finals losses that I don't blame him for. I certainly don't blame him for two of the losses against Kevin Durant because Golden State was loaded, and my God, KD with Clay and Steph. 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 Oh, my Lord, have mercy. No, I don't blame him for that, but I will blame him for this. Oh, Dallas, Dallas is on you, bro. Dallas, Dallas is on you. That's fact. number one. That's a fact. Number one. Number two, excuse me, you know, I have to look at you when I know you're going against Kevin Durant, and I understand that. I really, really do. But you cannot be giving a damn concession speech after game seven of the conference finals. You beat Boston. You're ecstatic. You've done it again, LeBron. You're going to another finals, LeBron. You know, congratulations, man, my guys, and we did it. Having a ball, smiling, ecstatic, blah, blah, blah. Now what's up next is KD and, and, and Steph and them away from you. Oh, I, I don't want to think about that. You know, I just, I just want to enjoy this, and I don't need that stress in right. my life. I don't need that stress in my life, blah, blah, blah. Now, credit to him. That was that very next game, that first game, game one, is when he dropped 51 and JR forgot the clock. Hmm. So, so we understand that. But what I'm saying to you is that when you look at what he has had available, I still certainly I don't blame him when he, all he had was Matthew Dellavedova because Kyrie and Kevin Love. I don't blame him for hmm. that either. So I understand <laughs> it. But what I'm saying to you is that you can't get, and this is the biggest point, y'all. When I bring up the choke, four straight games... He was being guarded in the post by Jason Terry. I want you to think about that for a second. He was so scared. He was so scared. And I brought this up recently because I knew I was going to meet you. I was going to see you. And I, damn it, I brought the tape with me. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard uh, what Stephen A. Smith had to say. I don't like the fact that he's making excuses for losing. I don't like that. I think that if you lose, it should be stated. And if you try to find ways to explain it away, it still doesn't change the fact uh, that you lost. What else I don't like is all of these qualifiers. Let's talk about what happened and what didn't happen. Instead of talking about, and, and not what didn't happen. Instead of talking about hypotheticals or this went this way, that's Nick Wright's whole argument. Nick Wright can start off... Um, a Jordan debate, for example, one of the novice mistakes, and this is the clearest way to understand that you're arguing with a novice or someone that doesn't really know how to argue properly when they're bringing up this argument is that they'll come up with this excuse. They'll come up with this question. They'll say, well, who did Michael Jordan face? Right? Who did Michael Jordan face? What they're doing is they're deflecting. They're deflecting. So then they're no longer making it about what happened. They're making it about the process of how Jordan won. But the problem with these gentlemen is that I believe they feel like they're the only ones that have brains in their heads. That people now can't reverse the question on question and ask them, well, who did LeBron face in order to get to those finals? This is what kills me. Generally, when you're arguing with some of these very emotional, unstable guys, because um, a lot of them support LeBron, uh, they start shouting. They start behaving like, uh, you know, crazy people. Shouting, screaming, hollering, cussing. Like I said, that means something. It means nothing. Absolutely nothing. But they'll holler. Oh, yo, what are you talking about? That ain't, come on, stop. 
but that's what they do. In the case of this particular thing here, here's what gets me. For example, he said, we're going to discount the loss that took place in 2007 because, well, he was young, right? And he was inexperienced. He was a very young guy. Now, my issue with this is twofold. One, you're dealing with actors in bad faith. Here's what I mean. Because had LeBron won that championship, they would be the same ones twerking it up all over the place, knocking over people's drinks, telling us about, look at when LeBron won his first title at this age. That's what, it, that's what they would have been doing. But since it didn't go their way, they're not saying, well, look at his age, he's young. But here's the other problem. You guys don't want to have any culpability when it comes to losing. And that's the easiest way to always win this argument. You don't have to talk about Jordan's rings and just talk about the losing. Let's go loss for loss. Let's go loss for loss. And if you do it that way, if you do it that way, the argument quickly falls apart. First of all, that year in 2007, LeBron faced one plus 500 team in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Let me repeat that once more. One plus. The first two teams he faced were 500 teams. He faced the 41 and 41 Washington Wizards with Gilbert Arenas. Then he faced the 41 and 41 uh, New Jersey Nets. The first team he faced that gave him a challenge was the Detroit Pistons. That was the first impressive uh, victory. You get to the finals, you lose. Now he's too young. But then the, the 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 problem is now they use that 2007 series against the Pistons as one of the greatest series of all time. But I thought he was too young. Okay, then what he did was incredible for his age, right? So we should applaud that. But then what happened in the finals, we shouldn't pay any attention to that because, well, he was very young. This is why you can't take these people seriously. Then we moved to 2014 when he blamed it on Dwayne Wade. Fantastic. Dwayne Wade was not himself. I remember that series. He averaged uh, 17.9 points per game, 1.5 steals, 3.9 rebounds, 3.9 assists, shooting 50% from the field, 37.5% from the three. So he wasn't himself, right? He certainly was not himself. But if we look at that Miami Heat roster, they still had Ray Allen, Chris Anderson, Joel Anthony, Shane Battier, Michael Beasley, Chris Bosh, Mario Chalmers, uh, uh, just uh, Udonis Haslam, LeBron James, James Jones, Rashard Lewis. Uh, and all of these other guys, and you're telling me they weren't good enough to get at least one victory in that series? Not even one victory? Not even one victory that entire series? Not even one victory that entire... They were that heavily overmatched? Like, seriously, were they that, were they that overmatched to not even get one ring? So here's the, here's the logic of these guys, and I think this is the way we should do it. I think this is the way we should now identify... Um, we should rank players. I think that Kobe Bryant should have seven rings. His finals losses, we're going to act like as if they won. So we're going to give Kobe seven. We're going to give Jordan six. And we're going to give LeBron James 10. LeBron is a goat. He's a goat. Losing doesn't matter. Uh, he's a goat. I concede it to you guys. He's a goat. He is the goat. And you guys win this argument. To me, I think it's lame because. It's like you're trying to rewrite history. Take it on the chin, man. Nobody's saying his son is not a great player. Obviously, he's a great player. I've, I've said he's top five all time. 
I said he's top five. Now, some people will say they have him past uh, Kobe Bryant. I don't see it, but fine. Some people feel that way. But to say he's close to Jordan, that's laughable. That's actually laughable. Because then you got to explain to me, how did LeBron get past Kareem? It's laughable. It really is laughable. I think Kareem has been to, what, 10 finals, if I'm not mistaken? Um, let me see. Let me just let me just verify this. I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been... Abdul-Jabbar, let me just see. Finals appearances. I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been to the finals 10 times. Kareem has a... <laughs> So okay, so why 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 is LeBron better than Kareem? Why? Why is LeBron better than Kareem? LeBron had uh Kareem has more finals, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Uh let me look at some of the stats that LeBron guys look at. Let me look at some of the stats that LeBron guys look at because they're gonna throw these stats in your face when they bring up Kobe Bryant. So let me look at some of the stats. Okay, Kareem has uh, more championship. LeBron has two more finals MVPs. Kareem has more regular season MVPs. I think they're tied for all-star appearances or LeBron has 19. Yeah, they're tied for all-star appearances. Um, they've made, um, well, Kareem made 11 all-defensive teams. Uh, five, they're tied for five first defensive teams. So the Kareem made more defensive teams. He made, uh, he won the rookie of the year, I think like LeBron. He won the scoring title twice. He was a rebounding leader. He was an NBA shot blocking leader four times. So how, how does he jump Kareem? How did that happen? How did that happen? I'm going to just close out with this, man. Listen, I've really, I've really made it my decision that I'm not going to spend too much time talking about LeBron this year. I'm really not. I'm not going for the antics and none of the, stupid sound bites and I'm not doing it. I'm not like, come on, we got we got way better things happening on our channel. We're have we're experiencing fantastic growth. We're having some of the best growth months. And I'm not gonna be wasting my time talking too much about it. We'll just see how the season plays out. I already think the Lakers are going to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference this year. And we'll see. But with the tit for tat and arguing with different dudes, I'm not doing that. Because number one, <laughs> monetarily it's a waste of my time talking about it. And number two, it's just not worth the effort. But what I don't like is this constant excuse making. It's lame. It's lame. Because I could turn around and say, well, Kobe faced way more 51 teams in the playoffs than anybody else. So Kobe Bryant should have, he should he should be the GOAT because he faced the most uh, teams. And even though he doesn't have more rings than Jordan, but look at all the teams that he faced. Look at all the teams he faced more than LeBron. So he should be, but people are like, nah, but that didn't do it. So like, come on, let's deal with reality. That happened. Let, like a loss should work against you. I'm sorry. And to now go against a, per a person that is perfect in the sport in the finals, man, to sit down and try to make a straight, have a straight face and make that argument is pretty, pretty lame. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.